Today on the Sam Mays Podcast, we sit down with the parents of Ethan Downs. Ethan is a sophomore uh, OU football player, should be in the, that starting rotation of defensive ends. And uh, yeah, we wanted to sit down with his dad, Nate, and his mom, Dee, and talk a little bit about him and uh, what it was like raising a D1 prospect, what the recruiting process was like, and much, much more. They also surprised me and actually brought Ethan in to Brent's Cajun Seafood, uh, and we had a great conversation with him, too. So hope you guys enjoy it. Also, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We're so thankful for your support. Speaking of supports, a big thank you to our title sponsor, Nature's Key. Nature's Key was founded in 2017 and has been producing effective, consistent, high-quality cannabis products ever since. I can't recommend them enough. If you're interested in trying their CBD products too, visit keytonaturesblessings.com and use the code MAZE2022 for 20% off your order. Also want to thank Jackson's of Kingfisher for getting the Sam Mays podcast around in that beautiful trail boss. If you are in the market for a new or used vehicle, be sure to visit Jackson's. They mean it when they say, come join the family. And last but not least, thank you to Totally Tickets. I've said it a million times and I'll keep saying it. You won't find better customer service. Mike and his team will get you taken care of, whether it's tickets to the Women's College World Series or awesome upcoming shows like Zach Brown or Brooks and Dunn. Totally Tickets has you covered. TotallyTickets.com. Check them out. Welcome, I'm Sam Mace, and today, live from Brent's Cajun Seafood, we've got Mr. Ethan Downs. The Downs family came up to join me today at Brent's. We did a podcast with uh, Ethan's parents, Nate and Dee, which you'll hear directly after this interview with Ethan. Uh, but Mr. Downs, Ethan, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. How was, well, the, uh, how was the food? It was awesome. Had a steak, had a medium, a great shrimp, great oysters. I was just Brent told time. you that if you wanted it better than medium, that you had to... Yeah, it wasn't allowed. You had allowed. to leave. Yeah. yeah. He was going to kick you out of the restaurant if you ordered it well done. That's right. This is Oklahoma. We can't do any well done steaks. Well, you look fantastic. Uh, it's been a crazy year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go past with you and ask about all the Lincoln stuff, but I, honestly, I think we've kind of beat that horse to death, you know, and it's time <laughs> to kind of – I got your parents' opinion, and it's time to, to kind of move forward a little bit and, and look towards the future. Spring ball was incredible. 75,000 people at the spring game. Uh, just talk about that day, you know, as you guys kind of started, I know, warming up and getting dressed and going into the stadium when you realized that they were going to pack the palace. Mm-hmm. So Coach Venables kind of brought it out. Um, you know, he's heavy on history, culture, um, just the environment, the fans, what we're fighting for, a standard. And he brought it back a lot of he brought back a, a lot of old players, um, a lot of excitement, a lot of tradition, and that's kind of what he's. I guess reviving in, in the new standard, new culture is that tradition. And, I mean, we sang the alma mater in the spring practice, you know, in the, in the game. That's awesome. And uh, everything from linking arms and walking down the field to, to how we practice, running on and off the field, just simple things like that, uh, how we speak, where, we're, you know, uh, where we go on the weekends, where our mind is constantly at, if we're in our film, if we're in our playbooks, if we're holding other players to the standard, hold them accountable, and trying to be as player-led as possible because, you know, the coaches can only go so far. And they got three hours with us on the field and in the film room. Well, what's the other hours in the day? What's the other hours in the week going to look like with us holding each other accountable? So there's a whole lot of tradition, a whole lot of culture that are 
being uh, foundationally based uh, through Cones Venables. Football is an emotional sport played mm. by emotional men. Yeah. Venables is 100% an emotional guy. Mm. Uh, wears his love of football uh, on his sleeve, wears his faith on his sleeve. Uh, everything about him is high energy and positive. Absolutely. You know, talk about just being in the room. Like the first time you got to meet Coach Venables, what was that like? Okay. The uh, first time I got to meet him was in a team meeting. And well, other than, you know, seeing him on the phone over a Zoom call, you know, he's introducing himself to the team other than that. But what he said on the Zoom call is exactly what he brought in to the team meeting, except the first thing he did was he brought in the Bible, laid it on the podium, had read scripture to us. Not to that's force. That's the first thing he did? That's the first thing he did. First thing I ever saw from him. And, you know, I, I'd heard Coach Venables' big name from Clemson. You know, his defensive guy. That's all I knew about him. And first thing he does is bring in a Bible. And I'm just, I'm like, man, You're hooked immediately. I'm hooked immediately because yes. that's what I'm based on too. Yeah. And he, uh. Yeah, he didn't force Christianity on us. You know, he's not forcing the Bible on us, but he is applying the morals of the Bible as far as uh, how to live, how to pick each other up. You know, a standard that seems un unachievable, but will ultimately make you a greater person through discipline, through pursuit, through faith, right? Uh, and whether you believe in God or not, there's morals in the Bible that you can apply to a football team. They're going to take them further than they've ever done before. And, you know, him bringing that, laying it on the podium and talking to us was the first thing I ever heard from him. And every day he probably talks for 30 minutes about motivation, about inspiration, and about finding something. What are, what are we playing for? Finding grit, picking each other up, playing like brothers, playing like a team, like a family. And anytime I've gotten to talk to him, it's always been inspirational. Ethan, this is where you're at. Ethan, I'm proud of how far you've gotten. But, Ethan, this is what you can do. He always challenges me, no matter what. And... Being another coach next to him, like, it's got to be completely stressful being a coach under Coach Venables. Right. Because there's Ethan, that. It's hilarious that you say that because <laughs> at the coach's press conference, when the assistant spoke, I literally thought that exact thing. Yeah. Like, these dudes look stressed out. <laughs> no, it is because Coach Venables is the same no matter what. Right. And, I mean, he it, it never stops. It never lets down. So, I remember one of the first things he started changing was – um, what we're doing off the field. And, you know, not to bash on Coach Riley because great coaches, great winning coaches, and they have their own standard. But what, what, what happened off the field wasn't such a big deal if you had your on-the-field stuff handled, you know. And with Coach Venables, it's the exact opposite. And he says the, the main goal of the program is to graduate, period. And he made us, you know, uh, say that as a team, as a group, he says the main goal of the program is to graduate. So if your grades aren't right, you're not playing, period. And, um, you know, uh, the drug um, the drug restrictions were really ramped up. And he, as far as our academics, I mean, he, he's on the ball about Gillen's academics right, staying in the classroom. We're not allowed to have hoodies in the classroom, to wear hats. We're not allowed to have our phone out. In front of us, they'll send people to our classrooms to check to see if we're doing sure, this. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we're not at our class, we have a spotter app so they can spot if we're at our class or not. They have beacons put in every single class so they can monitor if we are there or not. So if we check in and leave, they know. If we don't stay the full hour of class, they know. So They got you low-jacked? Yes. <laughs> and every meal, every meal is mandatory. There's someone checking in us, checking us into every meal that we eat. So that we wow. always eat. 
and we have a weight limit that we have to meet, you know, with Coach Smitty and all that. That's their program. But Coach Venables talks about if you're not at your weight limit, if you're not so disciplined all the time, you're going to fall apart. Right. You're going to have a weakness. And I think that's why his defense has always been so strong because he constantly hashing out discipline, discipline, discipline. And with that discipline comes accountability. And with that accountability comes learning. And, you know, you can apply the same morals that the Bible teaches about those accountability, the discipline that you learn, um, just like the Lord chastises us, right? Well, that's the coaches chastising us, telling us, not condemning us and saying you're terrible, right. you're awful. They're saying, hey, learn from this and let's go again. And that's what, you know, every film session is. is Ethan, you took a bad step there. Like, Ethan, your eyes were terrible. Ethan, your hand placement was terrible. Ethan, it looks like you couldn't even pass rush today. Like, you're just running straight, in, straight down the middle of people. And he says, now this is what you can do. This is what you can do. And constantly giving us nuggets of inspiration about football knowledge and about people knowledge, how to talk to people, um, how to be a better man, be a future husband, have your own family, you know, how to make connections, the importance of relationships as far as getting a job someday or being a leader, you know, um, holding a job, holding your place in life, uh, being a man of the family, what that looks like. And it's, it's really been great for me because I've learned so much and I've created new passions from just learning from them, observing them, how they interact. You know, the soul team that's been yes. built. Uh-huh. Rufus uh, and those guys, yep. yeah. Among the, the coaching staff, they brought in great guys to be on the soul team. And that's, that's a whole new branch of college I've never seen before. And the soul team literally is built to inspire uh, these football players, these athletes in a new way by bringing in speakers, um, by introducing new cultures and um, uh, religious actions as well to literally, you know, they talk about, we want to target your soul. Well, that can sound kind of, you know, kind of hard for anybody. Right, absolutely. This is new to, and it was, it was like, oh, they're coming after our souls. Like, this is kind of, yeah. all right, I mean, because <laughs> Venables, what do you got going on? Right. But what it's done is it's, you know, you bring a family together, they're built on heart and soul. It don't matter how big they are. They're always going to fight for each other if they're fighting for each other's hearts and souls. So that's what they brought in is um, creating a strength on the inside that is only, you know, ultimately shown on the outside. So if grades are right, if if how you speak is right, is how you work in the weight room is right, if you, all your meals are right, you know, if you're doing everything right, the championships are going to come. You know, if all that will follow no matter what. If you're disciplined in these areas – you're going to be disciplined in that as well. All of it's going to follow. Clearly, you've got love for your head coach, yeah. and I think it's easy to kind of see why for sure. And I love – I could – you know, I've never heard the story about him putting the Bible down in, in that first meeting. What an exceptional way to get started, right? Mm-hmm. What an exceptional foot to lead with. Um, you have got to be head over heels about your defensive line coach and Miguel Chavis, who I heard speak at that same press conference where I thought those dudes were stressed out. Mm-hmm. And he was magnificent. Every single word out of his mouth, I hung on. Yep. He wears his faith on his sleeve. He talks about his Lord and Savior and, mm-hmm. and just what you know his, his faith means to him and how he uses his faith to approach the game of football. And I'm sitting there in this room knowing you as a person and knowing your family thinking, Ethan must love this guy. <laughs> I do love like, him, what is yeah. it? What is it like working with him? Coach Chavis is awesome. This is his first year coaching, and he came from Clemson with Coach Venables, and he doesn't even act like it's his first year coaching. He literally talked to the DN room 
and said, I'm going to be the best DN coach the world has ever seen. And someday I'm going to be the best head coach the world has ever seen. Wow. Just, just flat out. This is first year coaching, and he's coming in and showing us, I'm going to be that confident for you guys. And I'm going to put that much heart into it. And I'm going to be that hard on y'all and that hard on myself that every day I'm going to come and give you my best. And that's what I expect back. Not because I'm going to do it out of fear, but out of love. I'm going to give you my best, and I expect it back. And just that relationship and the chemistry that the coaches have, like Coach Bates and Coach Tavis and Coach Venables, they're all they're, – they're, the, they're the trio, and they all got this cool chemistry. And to see coaches that have that chemistry – really rub off on players to say, oh, we can be as comfortable as they are right. around each other all the time, yet still hold each other as accountable as they do as coaches. Like, it's just it's just up from here. I mean, it, you know, it, everything is, is set up for us to be successful, period. And I'm not talking about football players. I mean everything. It's just is men. Set up. Yeah, successful as men. It's not a, it's not a uh, violent atmosphere as far as – you know, you're scared to walk in the building because someone's going to cuss you out or yell at you or demean you. It's nothing like that. Like, there's no, there's no, um, what's that word? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good word for, like, it's just negativity, yeah, right? There's just nothing but positive around the whole exactly. program. That's exactly. fantastic. And Coach Davis, he has lots of his saying, you know, lots of little sayings. You know, if you mess up on a play, you're being silly. He's like, you better watch out. I'm going to drop you in the fish grease. It's just something he, something he said. It's just um, – He's not a small man. No, he, he's a big he guy. He still looks like he can get after if he needed to. Yeah, he does. He puts on cleats every practice. <laughs> does he? <laughs> yes, he really does. Yeah, that's awesome. He does. And, you know, when he's, when he's uh, upset because we're not being, you know, physical in a drill or we're, we're not stepping right or we're in our heads about something, he's like, guys, it's this simple. And takes the steps and strikes and be violent here. Be violent. But there's, there's really a love and a passion and a joy about playing football now. And last year as a freshman playing under um, the old coaches, I honestly could say I was playing for some of them out of fear. Right. Not because I'm scared of them, but playing out of fear of like, man, I got to do exactly what they say or else. Right. And with these coaches, it's I do it because, of, you know, yeah, no, because of love, sure. because of passion. So I've learned Way a lot. Way easier to be motivated now. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I'm not going to keep you extremely long. I, I, I talked to your parents, and your mom was fantastic, by the way. Dee wow. was amazing. Uh, I talked to them for about an hour, but I, I would be in trouble if I didn't get a Schmitty story out of you why I got <laughs> you sitting here because summer is looming, yeah. right? And now the work really begins, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that, you know, we're, we're part of that same brotherhood, and I know uh, what it's like here in Oklahoma uh, training in the heat and the conditions and everything else, but I never had a Schmitty uh, on on my side of things, yeah. what's he been like so far, and what's the summer hold for you guys? So the first time I saw Smitty was when we were, um, and you thought I thought you'd be bigger. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I heard so many stories about Smitty. Yeah, he like, thought he was going to be seven be foot tall. Mountain. Yes, and I saw him. I was like, "There's no way that's him. There's yeah. no way." But when he talked to the team, especially the D line, because he said, "You know, the O line, D line, they run this. They run the team. Period. They run it." And it's that they're not getting their stuff right in the weight room. If they're not, you know, if their minds aren't right coming in here, if they're goofing off, they're slacking in that, in that locker room, and it's not right, it's because the O-line and D-line. Like, they got to they gotta get right. They run it, period. And when we're doing workouts and stuff, you know, he's on the ball. I guess <laughs> people usually have Smitty stories because they've gone on Smitty's bad side, right. you know. Um, 
I'll try to talk myself up, but I always come in there um, with the with the drive to work, with the drive to get my stuff done and motivate my teammates. And other than, well, I guess I got one. We were, we were running, you know, um, we were running up and down the field and doing some conditioning and stuff. It was actually like uh, some dis- disciplinary uh, <laughs> conditioning because we have these little teams that the seniors, you know, they picked they picked uh, some of the players to be on their team. So we had little teams inside our, inside yeah. our squad. And um, we all have their different names, and you get accountability points. So it's like if you miss a meal, you don't go to class, or you don't have your right equipment on that day, or you're wearing the wrong shoes or something to weightlifting, you always get a minus one point, minus one point, minus one. And depending on how many negative points your team has determines how much you run. So oh, that brings yeah. in that accountability and discipline factor to your squad. Uh, which is, you know, anybody from, like, I on my squad, I got quarterback, DN, linebacker, offensive tackle. Like, it's just everybody, mm-hmm. and it's random. So, um, when we were running, you know, I'm struggling the first couple of days, and I'm over on the side, I'm throwing up. I got my hands on the wall, I'm in my head, and and he says, no, like, get on the line. And I was like, you know, asthma, and I'm acting like I can't breathe. And I'm like, man, I just, I'm hurting. And he tells us to walk. So, you know, walking is take your ditch your breath, walk across the field, come back. And halfway there, I kinda I kinda start hunching over and I grab my knees real quick to catch my breath and I just it felt like a blade, but he put his hand right in my back, like right, he just put his finger right in my back and he started walking me up and he said, Don't you ever go down again. Oh wow. Just just like that. Put his put his finger in my back and it was like right in my side and I'm I'm you know, obviously arched up and I'm just scared like what's gonna happen. And right. he said, Don't you ever go down again. He said, don't show that. Yeah. And, and to, to help people understand how big Sh- – Schmitty is what? Five? Yeah, five. Five. <laughs> five. Yeah, I mean, five. Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I can't imagine the dude is five eight. Mm-hmm. I, there's no way he's that tall, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can imagine the power that he yields or wields yeah. when he's uh, leading that team for sure. You know, he's a builder of men, no question. Mm-hmm. Are you terrified about the summer a little bit? <laughs> Not so much. It's a, it's really a mental battle, you yeah. know, as far as I can do it. If I can take it, I can make it, you know. That's what's up. Um, So, yeah, he's going to break us down. You know, the only person, as legend goes, the only person I've heard that hasn't been broken down by Smitty is Adrian Peterson. As yeah. That's all I've ever, you know, I've heard. And Russell Dennison. Yeah, nobody gets broken. Well, because Ronald, he can run forever. Right. I've heard, <laughs> yeah, so. Russell, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I am excited just to see what it's going to feel like, you know, what, what, how hard it's going to be. I'm excited to uh, to see what that work's going to look like. And I I really can't – yeah, even if I pass out, like I'm not even kidding. Even if I pass out, even if I can't walk for days, I'm going to – I'm still going to be so happy that right. I'm a part of it. Absolutely. Um, and with my teammates, is doing it with them because they're always going to pick me back up until I can't go anymore. So that kind of atmosphere is just like, all right, what do we got? What do we got today? All right, let's go do it. And that's like how it is in the weight room all the time. Like today we have discretionary workouts, so it's player-led. And, of course, there's beef between O-line and D-line. And, you know, some guys are slacking over here and everybody's trying to call each other out and be a big dog and be that leader. But after 10 minutes or so of griping, we got right to work and everybody's pushing it and everybody's holding each other accountable. And, I, I just feel like that's how it's going to be in the summer. Like, everybody's going to be kind of raw, raw, and then when we get down to it, it's going to be like, let's work. Let's that's go. awesome. Let's go, let's go, you know. Get that hand on the line. Like, quit bending over. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, all right, no complaints.
Ethan, it's so good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for the surprise. I didn't know you were coming today. Yeah, man. I, uh, I wish you the best of luck. Stay healthy. What's your weight goal for the uh, year? What they have set you set at? So I'm at 260 right now. Yeah. Um, I, they want me around there, 260, okay. 265, and I just I want to get as big as I can get and see how fast I can still be. You know, as big as I can get. Yeah. Um, so I know I know the stronger I get in the game, the easier it's going to be. Absolutely. So, yeah, if I can be 270 or 280 and run a four six or four five, I will be stoked. Kid, it's good to see you, my friend. You, you look fantastic. Yes, sir. I hope to catch up with you before the season gets started. Not too late, maybe end of July or so. But, uh, yeah, man, you look great, and I'm excited to see what happens next for you. Thank you. you got man. a great family. Your parents are awesome. I'm so proud of you. I'm blessed, for sure. Ethan Downs, the, uh, the great Ethan Downs, Weatherford's own Ethan Downs. I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to what you've got up next, for sure. Thank you, man. It's good right. to see you. Have a good one. Welcome, I'm Sam Mays, and today in the Sam Mays Podcast, we're here live at Brent's Cajun Seafood with Nate and Dee Downs, These are the parents of Ethan Downs, who most likely will be, I think he'll be a starter this year for the Oklahoma Sooners and Brent Venables defense. Uh, he will definitely get a lot of playing time, there's no question. Ethan is a sophomore going into his, this is his sophomore spring, mm-hmm. um, and he will be, right? Yes. He was a sophomore this year? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the... the he was a freshman last year on the field, yes. going into his sophomore season. Correct. Okay, there we go. Because he was six months early, so that's normally right. That's right. he wouldn't start his sophomore season until this fall. Very cool. Okay, so yeah, Ethan will be a, uh, a big-time player for the Sooners, but what this whole podcast is about, and you're going to hear from multiple Sooner par- families and parents over the next several months, as um, the NIL conversation is raging, um, I think that it, the best way to kind of get to know and understand what these families have gone through uh, to get to this point uh, is to talk about it, right? So they have some conversations about it. So we're going to do that today in the Sam Mays podcast. I really did want to start, though. We're going to start recent and kind of work our way back a little bit. Okay. Um, the spring game was ridiculous, right? <laughs> uh, 75,000 people. Yeah, 75,000. It was a fantastic experience and like I've said before it's it's a celebration of OU football and our history and we also needed it as a fan base to get past November December and the confusion and frustration and irritation that everybody had you so, know? so what was the what's the family experience like on game day on Saturday spring game what did you guys do oh I do the face tattoos I get on my, my shiny sooner sparkly everything and oh it's game day yeah. We're up and early. We're we're there. We're there for um, for all the events that are on campus. We go take pictures. We meet up with friends. Um, we go to Campus Corner. We, we try to spend as much time in doing all the things all day long. So was there something in particular the families had? Where would you guys – did you guys sit in the stands or were you guys on the field? For the spring game? Yeah. We were in the stands on the home side. Okay, okay. Midway up, about row 50, section – Three, I think. So pretty good seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys got there a little D, early. These are fifty yard line queen. Oh, <laughs> so we'll always be on the fifty, one way or the other. That way, Ethan knows where seat. to find me. Hey, there you go. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. I, I'd like to know where my family was at when I was uh, yeah. playing too, for sure. Um, okay, okay. So spring game goes fantastic. There's seventy five thousand people there. It's ridiculous. The feeling around Sooner football is nothing but positive right now. But if we just Rewind, you know, back to that mm-hmm. November time. I remember talking to you on the phone about this whole thing, yeah, and, yeah. and we're trying to figure out, you know, what the best course of action would be for for Ethan and everybody going through. Because you just never know who that who they're going to hire, and is right. it going to be 
the same type of defense. The guy going to bring in a 3-4, which Ethan is, Ethan is not a 3-4 defensive end or a nose guard. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, where, where is everything headed? But uh, Riley leaves, and were you guys shocked? What was, the, what was the feeling as far as the parents were concerned? I was shocked, and I, I felt betrayed. Uh, I felt um, blindsided, and I felt like that decision had been made long before um, earlier in the season, and I think that it had a big impact on how our boys played um, because their hearts weren't in it, and they had other things on their mind. That's my personal opinion. I don't have anything to back that up. I don't mm-hmm. have any fact or basis. That's That was my first reaction. Something was missing. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was off. I mean, for as hard as they were working, for as much as they had bought in, for as much as they were giving to that coaching staff, I really felt like there should have been more happening on the field. Something was not clicking. Mm-hmm. And I think every I think every fan saw it too, and we just couldn't make sense of it. And I don't want to put all the blame on one or the other, but when when there's not cohesion, it just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So I was I was really upset about it, but then I found I found relief in the fact that Bob Stoops came in. Oh yeah. And our hearts started healing right then. Immediately. Um, I also had some healing from Coach Jamar Kane. Because he's the only coach that called me. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I love Jamar Kane. And I love that he loved my son. Mm-hmm. And he was real with me. And we balled on the phone together. And I wished him the best of luck with his family. And he was put in a hard position also. And I, I wish nothing but the best for him. But when it came down to, um, when it came down to deciding how I was going to feel about who was coming in, I knew if Bob Stoops was there, that we were going to be in good hands. He was not going to pass us off to anyone else that couldn't handle the job because he's never done that before and he won't do it again. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and I knew that he wouldn't do it to any Tom, Digger, Harry that just came along and just think, hey, I'm going to hand off this legacy to someone who's going to put it in poor hands. So I knew at that point when he stepped in, it's going to be phenomenal. And my fears are gone. What was the, the conversation amongst the student athletes? Like, what was Ethan saying about his teammates? And, you know, I'm sure, you know, people are jumping in the portal. People are leaving. You know, I'm sure there was a 72-hour period where you didn't know what this roster was going to look like. Um, you know, was there nervousness? Was there? He said, that day I called him, and I said, what's going on? He said, Mom, there's people just wandering around. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. The coaches are gone. They they left. He said, I went in to talk to Coach Wiley because that's one of his biggest, you know, Christian mentors. And he really, you know, looked up to him. And he was gone too. He said, we just, we have no explanation. And nobody told us anything. And it, it, it really hurt because from this perspective, I know you have to do what's best for your family. 100%. And I don't know the other side of the story. But I do understand that these men who are in these coaching positions have our sons who are 18, 19, 20 years old. And they are their family. They are their wellness. They are, they are giving them shelter. They're giving them their spiritual guidance. They're giving them their education. And they are with them 90% of the time. And for them to impact their lives in the way that they did 
I think it was a hard lesson for these young men to learn, but I think it's an, an important lesson for them to learn at an early age mm-hmm. to understand that there are people who are going to come into your life and you need to you need to have boundaries and you need to protect yourself at all times. I, yeah. I think there's a, you know, there's a group of people out there that are so angry about NIL and you, know, you hear them say, well, it's a business now and they're going to learn the business way of things, side of things. And I'm like, y'all, people have been... Football players have been going through the business side of things forever. <laughs> yeah. Like Ethan and the Oklahoma Sooners went through the business side of things in November when they showed up to the facility and none of their coaches were there. Mm-hmm. You're right. I went through the business side of things when my coach walked into a, a, uh, a dinner at the Alamo Bowl, looked at all of us in the face and said, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I would never leave Oklahoma State. We're building a dynasty here. And then he took the LSU job at halftime. That happened to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like miles. We, yeah, we, we might know a little bit about what that feels like. Right. So like, we, with the business side of things, it's always been about business. Now the, 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 the tables have turned a little bit, and the student athlete mm-hmm. has got some control of those things. But it's always been about the money, and that's what this was about. Lincoln Riley saw an opportunity to go make a boatload of money in a school that's got zero pressure. Yeah. The reality is this is USC's last swing of the bat. Yeah. They have been irrelevant for 20 years almost since they won that title. Mm-hmm. They've essentially just done nothing but spiral and go downhill. So they go get the hottest offensive mind in football and say, we're going to pay you a boatload of money. And then Lincoln Riley said he's thinking, well, this is going to be a six-year job guaranteed almost because they yeah. can't fire me. They have nowhere to go after this, right? Well, so, you know, it is what it is with him, and, and I think we've all moved past that for sure. But, you know, I, I, I think the way that it went down and the zero notice and the just lack of heart that went into it, knowing the kind of heartfelt decision that you guys made as a family to commit to him, mm-hmm. you know, that's the part that probably bothers you the most. Yeah, the communication from the coaches was none right, at all until, you know, we talked to Jamar. But uh, even the other coaches text them or say well wishes, whatever, didn't really get much back. I think Grinch said something. Well, if he's interested in Southern Cal. Yeah. Like, uh, no. That's Grinch said that to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, still have boy. his text message if you want to read it. Are you serious? <laughs> if he's mind. interested in Southern Cal? Yeah. That's I, I would have told him, bro, that's the wrong family to send that to. I was like, you've met yeah. Ethan, right? He would not fit in Southern California very well. So when, when this all went down and you and I talked, like in my head, before I talked to you on the phone, I was like, okay, Nate is not trying to leave Oklahoma. And Ethan is not either for Mm-mm. any – but I'm going to do as a friend. Nothing official yet, but I think Ethan – would be a great fit in L.A. just saying it's an option. Love the kid. Good Lord. <laughs> Unbelievable. I knew, I knew where your heart was at. I knew where his heart was at. But as a friend, mm-hmm. I was going to be that you talk voice to me about of reason. Like, hey, man. Listening for the portal. Pay attention. Or let's just see what's mm-hmm. happening first, you know, before something crazy happens. Because my dad told me when Les left, like, if Mike Leach had gotten that job, I would have had the transfer. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a 60-40 run guard out of Ohio. I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to play not a pass block. Guy. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. if that was going to happen, uh, but I love the fact that you were just, you were hell-bent. He's going to stay. I know he's going to stay. They've got this. Yeah. We tr- you said, I, we trust the program to do the right thing here. Those were his exact words. Mm-hmm. And then, what, a week later or two weeks later, here two we go. Venables, so. It's Brent Venables, and he's now the head coach of Oklahoma, and all is right and well. Uh, since then, guys, it's been Incredible, right? A whirlwind since he's gotten the job. Mm-hmm. Really has. It's. I think it's the best thing that could have happened to Oklahoma football, aside from, you know, some miracle of Barry Switzer getting to come back and coach or something like that. Uh, it feels like that anyway. I and love how we, you said that. <laughs> the miracle of Barry Switzer coming <laughs> back. 
We we could uh, <laughs> the Godfather return exactly exactly. He's still spunky. Oh yeah, he's still. Oh, he definitely got a little spunk. There's no doubt. But uh, you know, I mean, Brent's just perfect for it. You know, you can you can recognize the attributes of people you love. He started at Oklahoma. In how they I mean carry right. themselves, and you recognize the traits that you want. Either you individually want to emulate, or you want your son or daughter to emulate, and like go follow that guy, right? Because he's going to take you places. He's more driven than anybody I've ever seen in my life, right? He don't, as far as I can tell, he don't take a break, right? Ever. He's like, always wakes up on and goes, goes. Yeah, he's always so, on, and he's that way. I, I haven't got to shake his hand or meet him, de met him uh, once him. already, but <laughs> you can tell. Like I said, you just you're able to recognize that that's a good man right there, absolutely, and you can see it through almost all of the staff that we got to meet uh, when we were meeting the coaches and stuff right before the spring game. All that's, the staff, that's same another way. Thing. We didn't, we didn't even get to meet the staff. They came in, they went to work. Right. Yeah. Our first opportunity as parents, all the parents, from my knowledge, didn't get to meet anybody until the morning of the spring game. Yeah. And I, I was frustrated wow. by it initially. You know, I'm right. Like, maybe they'd call busy. us sometime in January, February, but then. Right. She's like, they're recruiting, well, recruiting they're busy. and everything else. Yeah. For and they sure. had to, a lot to pick up and hold on to. You know, they're taking care that of that train's going to run away if you don't grab a hold of it. No doubt. Yeah, with the portal and everything yeah. else happening, they had mm-hmm. to establish some footwork with just the kids in general. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I can't imagine what it was like taking that job in that moment and the stress. I mean, you had to salvage the recruiting class, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Now, people don't realize how, you know, it used to be you win a title in college football and you've got a six-year grace period uh-huh. where things are going to go fine. You're going to recruit fine. And no one's putting a whole lot of pressure on you. You're a championship team, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, you've got to do it right now. And so for him to come in and deal with all the things that he had to deal with, salvage that class, I think he had a great spring. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of teaching this spring. I think he's done a great job for sure. But the, the staff, to me, is really the sign of a great coach when you start seeing who signs up to work with him, especially mm-hmm. at a place like Oklahoma, because this is not for the faint of heart. All right. what's, what's his name, Thad, Turn- what's Thad, Thad. Turnbill? Or? Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's a great dude, too. Yeah. He got up and spoke for a while, and he, he basically, I think, is replacing Stroud. Yeah, I think Stroud. so. Yeah. He'll be good for that job. I, yeah. um, the, the guy that stuck out to me the most out of anybody on this staff, even Venables, has been Miguel Chavez. Yes. Chavis. 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 Yes. He spoke at a press conference, and if I could have stood up and give him a standing ovation <laughs> – at the end of it, I just would. And he would have loved that. I mean, <laughs> he... He's so... He's got infectious energy also. He's, he's been around Brent for four years. Yeah. That's what it is. Yep. That, he he is who he is because he's seen and emulated that behavior and that activity. I love this staff and how they wear their faith on their sleeves. Mm-hmm. I love that Christ has spoken about almost every time he gets on the podium. Yeah. I love the fact that they're not scared at all about having that conversation. And I remember covering Dabo Sweeney at a Orange Bowl mm-hmm. when Oklahoma was playing Clemson and thinking the same exact thing about him when he was on the podium as he had that faith conversation. You know, somebody asked – actually, somebody from the New York Times asked him if he recruit, would recruit an atheist or somebody that wasn't a Christian. And Dabo handled the, the question really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think – I mean, he said, of course I would. You know, yeah, that type of, of thing. Uh, but he answered it as any good Christian would and, and say that my faith is always going to be a part of, you know, what I do. And, and uh, you know, I'm a teacher and we're going to learn. And, you know, he didn't go as far as saying, well, I'm going to convert the kid. But he right. let him know that this, you know, that we're not shying away from this here at Clemson. And I feel very much the same 
about well, Oklahoma. They're open about, that's their foundation. They're open about where they get their morals and their principles and ideals. It's all biblically based and try to argue with any of it. Right. You know, whether or not you believe in the miracles and, and that of the Bible is beside the point. The, the point that gets across is doing to others and, you know, the, the, the parable, the stories of the parables, the, the Ten Commandments, all that is all applicable 100% to everything we do every day. And uh, just can't argue that. You know, and it fits Ethan very well. Yeah, with the coaches coming in. That's the the next thing I was going to say. Uh, your family, uh, you know, proudly wears their faith on their sleeves, and everything that I've seen from Ethan on social media uh, as of late, it's always glory to God. And I'm so proud of him. You know, uh, mm-hmm. for for that. You know, that's not something. You know, D's not standing next to him with his her arm linked yeah, around him. You better He's say there, this. That's no. on him. Like that's. I mean, you both of you should take a lot of pride. And the fact that that kid gets on a camera in front of him and he is doing the job that he should be doing, mm-hmm. right? He is wearing his faith on his sleeve. He's having those conversations. He's put, giving all the glory to God. And it's, it, I, don't know, I don't know that I've covered a kid like him at either yeah. Oklahoma or Oklahoma State in the last 15 years. And what an exceptional young man. You guys did a great job. He's a great kid. Thank you. We've been blessed. I mean, I don't. He is who he is. We've been a part of it, but there's so many more people than us, whether it's his football coach or, um, you know, Scott Hoffman. Who else? I mean, there's tons of people out there that have all had a part in raising him. Coach Roof. Uh, There's so many. Yeah. But he he took a piece of every single one of them with him as he goes along, you know. The first time I met Ethan, uh, he comes walking. What what restaurant were you at in Weatherford? We were at the shed. Uh-huh. We were at the shed in Weatherford, and you guys got there first, and he came in later. And he comes walking through the door, and I'm thinking, that's not a kid. That's a grown man walking <laughs> through that door. And he sat down, and he spoke beautifully in a great podcast. And at the end of it, I'm packing everything up, and clearly I'm a big, capable man myself. And that kid looked at me and said, Mr. Mays, can I help you take your bags to the car? And I thought, well, how old are you again? I've got three daughters they're all younger, <laughs> right? <laughs> but if, if you're not currently in a relationship, <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, who does yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like what kind, and that was once again, right? D wasn't standing mm-hmm. there looking at him like, you better ask him to take that stuff out to the car. Like that's just who he is that's as a person. Yeah. yeah. Like what an incredible kid. Another shout out to Miss Carrie Sue Vega, who has taught him etiquette. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um. A lot of it he learned at home, but the finer points she taught him. Definitely. And, um, you know, he, he's coachable, not just in football. He's, just in he's life. He's been life. coachable in life, and he's listened to our stories of where we've not been so great at something, and we've told him, yeah, don't take this path because this is what happens. You don't want to find yourself. You're, you're going to be wasting your time if you go down that path. Well, he'll listen to it. And he'll improve it because we took the time to tell him mm-hmm. how to do something better and, and and coaches along the way. And he's he listens. He respects advice. He respects the time that people take to talk to him. And he, he's used all the tools that he's been given all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know very many people like that. Um, he's remarkable as a, as a human being, and I'm proud to be his mama. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Ethan, the uh, the younger years, right? Like everybody's got a, you know, I, I feel like, like I said, I think a lot of people don't understand what kind of goes into 
this path of getting having a Division One athlete, right? Like all of a sudden you come home, uh, he comes home from middle school one day, and he's opening the refrigerator, and you realize that he's eaten the right side of it. No, and he was younger than <laughs> he started much younger than that. Okay. That was elementary school. Element, yeah. <laughs> Ethan was the only child that we had that I had the opportunity to stay home and and just Tend take care of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, we only had two boys. So I, I stayed home for 18 months after I had him, and every 30 minutes that child was hungry. Yeah. And I held him the entire time. I, I hardly ever put him down because if I did, he would cry. He, he looked like the Michelin something. Man. He had he, four knees and three elbows. And <laughs> he was a monster. That's His awesome. baby picture he has on this tiny little tuxedo suit, I had to squeeze him into it. <laughs> it he, was, he was a... He was so loud, His eyes too. were sparkling, oh and he had asthma at six months old, and he had a lot of breathing problems. And so we we found ourselves in the hospital with him a lot. He got RSV as an infant, and it turned into asthma. And so every time the seasons would change, he was sick. He'd get croup, oh, wow. and he'd have breathing problems, and and it was seasonal, and it was terrifying. It makes you feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a really, kid with croup. Yeah. yeah, and they can't tell you what they need. And, you know, ever, from six months, he still has asthma. Right. So so that never really went away. But he's been hungry from the time he was born. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has drank a gallon of milk a day every still day. Still drinks a ton of milk a day. And eats everything on my, on his plate and my plate and whatever else is left over on the table. He just he's our cleanup guy. Mm-hmm. But he's he has always been happy. He's always had on an OU shirt. Every picture that I find going back to childhood, he's got on something that says OU. And I think I have his OU onesie in my drawer still. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 7 7 years old is when he said I'm going to play for the Sooners and I'm going to play in the NFL. He said, "Dad, 7 I'm going to be, see those pictures on that wall? I'm going to be on that wall one day. And mm. I told my coworkers he said that. And he, they kind of chuckled like, yeah, whatever. Here we are. Not chuckling now. <laughs> right. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. No. So what, uh, what was the, when, when did he go from, oh, he's a pretty good player to, oh, crap, he's one of the nation's top young players. Freshman year, okay. I knew. He was a starter on the varsity team as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the few in Weatherford's, in Weatherford's history yeah, that's ever up, done that. Mm-hmm. Played up to varsity as opposed to playing and on the ninth grade team. they right. punished him so hard. They punished him hard. They didn't – the upperclassmen did not appreciate a young guy coming in there and trying to make a place on the team. They were not welcoming about it, and he was earning his spot. Mm-hmm. But you know what? When he did, he earned it with respect. And he played all four years, both sides of the ball, almost all almost four Almost the whole game. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that, you know, I'm from the state of Ohio, and football is a religion to us, mm-hmm. uh, just like it is here and in Texas. And um, I find myself here in Oklahoma gravitating towards Weatherford and Clinton and Guthrie. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not – you'll find – you will always find me in a smaller town's game uh, versus some of the six day schools because I just feel like it's a community that's doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a it's a community that's raising these kids today. And and Weatherford, there's a bunch of tough boys. You know, like yeah. we, uh, Wes is a good buddy of mine, Wes Sims, and he's always on this podcast. Listeners know him, and 
you know, Wes's stories sound a lot like Ethan's, you know, and from the time that he was in seventh grade and just kind of cultivating and growing and, you know, just that. And it's, there's a Weatherford toughness mm-hmm. that you just got to appreciate, right? There's no, no question. Yeah. And I know dozens of guys that are just like Wes, whether it's B.J. McCurdy or, <laughs> uh, you know, it's so many guys that are just like that. You know, Mac, Mac had a full ride in Nebraska, you know, when we were in high school. So crazy. Weatherford just played some football before. They just off the radar from time to time. No doubt. No doubt. That's a good program. Russell Gaskamp in the 92 Mm -hmm. played for Texas. He was a center. Um, Well, Wes. And then uh, Rattery. uh, Russell Dennison. The Russell Dennison stories are hilarious. Was it? Like that dude's not even human. Donnelly. Lance Donnelly, yeah. 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 Clay Bruner played for – he played professional baseball. And who else you had – Another guy that played for Tulsa, and then he went to play professional football. Franz, Todd Franz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's from I Weatherford, too. Todd Franz from Weatherford. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yep. All right. So, Ethan's class, believe it or not, the class of 2021, uh, Kennedy Price is at OSU now running track. KJ. Yeah. KJ Price. Okay. And then Ashlyn Sage is at Arkansas playing basketball. Oh, wow. And okay. So, he had – there was three D1 kids come out of his class. And wow, that's incredible. School. Yeah. What and several that, that went year? D2. Huh? What did Weatherford do that year in uh, football? They win it? Not not his senior year. The okay. junior year, they got uh, state runner-up. Okay. Senior year. We I don't want to make it playoffs. sound like it was. We went out in the playoffs. Yeah, the first round of playoffs. Ethan blew his ankle right before halftime. And oh, no. Only injury this season. couldn't get it back. That sucks. It was bad. Yeah. It was real bad. And the bad. guys, guys get, didn't recover from it very well, and they just destroyed him mentally. When to, what, let's talk about the recruiting process. Um, so now we, he's a sophomore, junior. When did, that, when did that first letter come to the door? After freshman season. We didn't get a letter. We went to OSU, and we went to a camp. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Before that, um, Stuart Puritan, who was – Kingfisher. He was, a, he was the athletic director at Weatherford at the yeah. time, but he's like – he called me up. I was at work, and I remember specifically he called – because I wrote down notes when it happened. I kept a big notebook of all the, the times I talked to people and that kind of stuff. Just for 20 years, when he goes back and looks, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. We did do that. That's camp and whatever. But, uh, of course, it did, it's not as detailed now as it used to be. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's so much been going on. I'm just, I'd just be writing a book the whole time. Right. No doubt. You know? um, time of journal. You need a journal. There's no doubt. Exactly. What was I talking about? We're talking about um, Stuart Puritan. Stuart. He called me up and he said, hey, uh, there's some coaches out of Nebraska really interested in Ethan. And he started telling me about him. And one of them, uh, Colby, his parents, Colby Miller. Was it Miller? Colby. His mom is a His mom lives in Weatherford. In Weatherford. So he's back and forth. And that's the Weatherford connection. Plus, Ryan. Held. Held was a coach at Swasu. Okay. Head coach at Swasu for a while back in the early 2000s. And then he was working for Scott Frost. Oh, okay. So, there was so a, they had an inside Weatherford track. connection. Yeah, yeah. okay. So he called me up, and then it wasn't uh, the next day, I think, Coach Roof said that uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State were interested and wanted to visit. Oh, wow. And there would be coaches coming through. That was his freshman year, the spring of the freshman year. That's crazy. And then you went to the junior day for OSU was the first thing. Well. That was in February, wasn't it? We went, um, and he was practicing. And now that would have been the camp then in June. We went to the camp. And they had him doing some drills, and we saw the mullet walking around outside, and we are just like, oh, my gosh, he's, he's here. He's watching. And they said, um, 
Mr. and Mrs. Downs, are you are you Ethan's parents? Yes. Well, we have someone that li would like to talk to you. We walk out the front door of the training center, and there he is. And he said, It's I just him. Just him. Just Mike? Okay. Just Mike. He said, I, I would like to offer your son a, a full scholarship to come attend the University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. And I was like, because that was your first offer? That was the first one. Yeah. Oh, and my mouth, I mean, I still, I get speechless because it's such an honor. And we were not expecting it that day. We showed up for a camp. And the reason we went to these camps is because Ethan is coachable. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that before. Right. When he learns things that this school does well or that this coach does well, the, the coaches are world-class coaches at all of these universities, or they wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And each of one of them has something very special to offer. And so it's not that we're going or rooting for one team or another. We're sharpening his skills Absolutely. because he loves the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to make him better. They won't win state. You know? right. Yeah. So. It, we, weren't, we weren't looking for a college shot. We were looking for let's be better on our field at our craft. I mean, you know, that that's all. The commitment. Yeah. Right? Y'all so, making a family commitment. Yeah. Yes. So we showed up. It's close. It's drivable. We can do this in a day, and we can be back before evening. And we leave there floating on a cloud. Right. That he had an offer to attend the Oklahoma State University. And their facility is remarkable. Um, their staff was extremely nice and welcoming. And it was just something that we had to wrap our brains around that we had never had to take into consideration before. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot. So, yeah, your whole mindset changes now. Oh, well, but yeah. yeah. We weren't athletes either, not high either school one athletes of you guys or nothing. Were... No, I didn't play football. I, would, I showed hogs and sheep. Neither one of y'all played sports? I, I, I mean, I played I soccer was, when I was a I kid. I played baseball on okay. a boys' team, and I played oh, okay. softball, and I ran track. I went to the Hershey Nationals. Oh, okay. And I was in the Army. So oh, okay. So I, well, thank I, you for your service. You're welcome. My dad was in the Army. Awesome. Yeah. Thank him for his service. Oh, thank you. Well, so I, I have – I think I would have had more athletic ability with more support. Right. And more of a family who could afford to be supportive. Mm -hmm. we, we came from meager means. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have money to travel to games or pay for uniforms or – new baseball shoes or whatever. So we didn't – that just wasn't an option in my family. And so it never really went very far. And um, sports weren't a big deal for my family either. My dad never played. They were both in band. They were band kids. Okay. So. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I might have had something special if I would have gotten to exercise it. How, how – Thanks for your reassurance. I love <laughs> <laughs> How – well, I mean, talking about – you know, I, Perry on Winfrey uh, yesterday or two days ago, he's interviewed after he's drafted in the sixth round of the Cleveland yeah, Browns. So happy for him. And he says something like, you know, I come from nothing, you know, and, and that's what motivates me. And, and hearing you say you come from, you know, meager means and, you know, how did that shape you when it came to sitting down with your husband and having the conversation on, you know, so you leave Oklahoma State, y'all are in the car on cloud nine, but now your mindset changes completely in – We've got to get him ready not only for our field here in Weatherford, but now there's this whole different challenge, mm -hmm. right? This whole another step. Well, the first thing that appealed to me was our son is going to have a D1 education. Yeah, that's awesome. It wasn't about he's going to play for a D1 football team. He's going to have an education at a place that I could never afford to send him. Yeah. 
and he is going to have an experience of a lifetime. And it didn't matter which one of these colleges he would go to. I knew that immediately. But we've always been Oklahoma fans. Mm -hmm. That's where our heart was. That's where we knew he wanted to go. And we didn't know if that was going to happen. But it's a process. It was a process. And after that, um, we went to the Baylor camp. And mm -hmm. then they didn't offer the day of the Baylor camp. No, they didn't. We went to the Nebraska camp, and Baylor offered after the day after we left yeah. Nebraska. Okay. Nebraska offered at the Nebraska camp. Yeah. At the Black Seven, Shirt it? camp, it was a Friday Night Lights camp, yeah. and they 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 introduced us to the to the Black Shirt. Mm -hmm. And I had ne I didn't know anything about any of these cultures and traditions of all of these teams, you know, their, and their histories are so rich. And I mean, by visiting them, you learn a little bit of piece of all of them. And then, of course, there's Scott Frost, and we're just like. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we're all that the age. You know, yes. we know Scott Frost. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I want to love Scott Frost, but I hate him at the same time. Right. And he knows that. <laughs> he says those words to us. He's like, I know. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Texas. And uh, and then in the meantime, um, Louisiana, or, yeah. He went to camp at yep. Texas, too. We went to camp at Texas. He didn't do very good at that camp. No, he had. He dropped a bunch of balls. Down there's a tight end instead of a D-end oh, at that okay. time, too, because he was number one tight end in the nation and a sophomore All-American tight end. Oh, yeah. But then he switched over when he went to the All-American combine. I'll let you keep going. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We decided on the way. We'd kind of drawn out the circuit and planned kind of our family vacation because we'd be together and go to some places we've never been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also try to make it. Uh, incorporate some of these important things that we knew he needed to attend because football was obviously becoming a bigger deal for him. 100%. He needed to sharpen these skills and at each one of these, but see if this was a fit for him, see the, his, the feel of the campus, the feel of the coaches, the feel of the culture, um, the lay of the land, and if nothing else, take away some really good skills from the people who teach him while he's there. So we got a chance to see each one of these. We got down to Texas. Um, and we got an offer there, and then uh, we thought, well, we'll go by LSU on our way to Alabama because we wanted to take Luke to the beach. Luke wanted to see the beach. That's awesome. Yeah, went to Gulf Shores for three days. Yeah, and uh, we went by LSU, and uh, we saw Tom o Ogeron. Yeah, and we met Ed Ogeron. Ed, sorry, not Tom. Ed Ogeron. Excuse me. <laughs> That's exactly, you nailed it. He's, you got, actually nailed it. he's yeah. got gravelly voice, yeah, and, and sling we, got, blade. we got to he see. got sling blade voice. <laughs> that's mm, that's, that's, that's good. Mm. <laughs> I'll never unsee that. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> sling blade, yes. We, we got to watch them in practice a little bit and see their campus, and it is huge. And uh, That stadium. Went to Alabama. And it Monster. was hot in Alabama. Oh, yeah. Tuscaloosa will heat up real quick. And uh, Oh, the humidity was just killer. On that vacation, it was awful. It's yeah. June. Oh, yeah. On the, on we the had Gulf. to sit outside with them all day long. Oh. Yeah. So th throughout this whole process, so when did Oklahoma come in? So you're telling me that you've done all these things and Oklahoma still isn't offering No, no, no. That on that trip. Oklahoma okay, was so first. That was, his, that was the summer of sophomore year before junior okay. year. So in June, um, we did we did OSU's camp I think again. And then we did OU the next. No, that was the first time OU OSU and then OU and he didn't do very good at the OU camp as a freshman. Summer of his freshman year. 
As a matter of fact. It was super fact, hot, and he was worn out from being at Oklahoma State the previous day. It was 95 degrees. As a matter of fact, it was a junior day. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln Riley took us up to his office. He said, I'm not going to offer you today. And I was like, fine. I'd That's what he said? Yeah. Oh. Oh, Saban's worse. I oh, we'll get to Saban in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mama don't like Saban at all. I don't really like him after what he did. But we'll get there in a second. Okay. So, it's a public OU, radio show. I should probably just shut no, my No, you mouth. can say whatever you want to. <laughs> Go to OU. It was still hot and, yeah. and everything. But he balled out, and he whooped every one of them kids on the line and just over and over and over. And that's when uh, Thibodeau was just like, go again, go again, go again. And he beat him after every time, again and so again hot. and again. And they're like, he's in. Grinch walked down and looked at him, and he's like, he's in. So Lincoln didn't want to offer him until Grinch had his chance to evaluate. Look at him, yeah. Which is understandable. That makes sense, yeah. Exactly. So we did that, and then the next day we jumped in the car and we were going to Austin because the Texas camp was the next day or the day later. We get there. We're almost late because we had to go by uh, a sporting goods store and get some proper cleats because one of the the dealers had come unscrewed out of his cleats or something, so we had to go get some different cleats. We're almost late getting there. Got there. He did okay. Um, and then uh, this was in the bubble this time at Texas. It was raining. Big, yeah. It was raining. They had a huge Tom. track conference on, on campus that weekend. And all. Oh, this is during COVID. No, this was right before. Okay, okay, okay. This is the summer before COVID. Okay. Because okay. after COVID, there was none. No camps. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, went to Texas, and he did good, met Herman, and uh, got what his was offer. like? It was awkward. I had to do the horn He's a little, sign. Yeah, the horns thing was. I, I was. I was kind of doing it, but I was like, my hand, oh, my hand <laughs> broke. You know. <laughs> they, I mean, they asked y'all to do it, even knowing you're from Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, it, like, like I, I was on a different podcast recently, and I, as a parent, go into these schools. I'm not going to walk into Texas with an OU shirt on. Right. I mean, I'm just not that guy. Yeah. I want to make myself, in in Ethan's position yeah if i'm ethan i want to make myself as agreeable as possible 100 to the program yes 100 because i'm looking for an offer yes not only to get an offer and potentially go to that school but to up my stock a little bit 100 which is can't act the part fool. of the game yes exactly yes. so we went down there got the offer um threw my horns down after tom wasn't looking and then uh, that night we were going to get a hotel and we ended up driving all the way uh, through Houston and stopping on the other side of it because we couldn't find one. There was something else going on in Austin and we couldn't find a hotel, but drove down there and then the next day we got up and drove to New Orleans or Baton Rouge and stopped at LSU and then by that night we were dipping our toes in the water in the ocean. That's awesome. And then, uh, so he got an OU offer, got an OSU offer on the way to the OU camp I was mm-hmm. date called and offered him, and Penn, I think Penn State Penn did State too. Did. And and that was that was right after though you came all the way to Texas. Penn State called, and then after we left Texas, um, Tech. Well, no, it wasn't Texas Tech. Uh, we after the Alabama camp, we're on our way home. We're driving through Arkansas. Texas A and M calls and offers him. Crazy. And we didn't even go to the A and M camp. Right. You know. Wild. Uh, but we did go to uh, the Alabama camp. And like I said, it was really hot. There were six or seven hundred kids there, and you had to bring a helmet and some other stuff we didn't have. So I called ahead of time. And they're like, oh, we got you covered. Just come right. in. And, 
And but by this time he was, you know, he's a solid four star, good right. prospect. Right, people know who he is when exactly. he's showing up, type of thing. But they did went in there. He did some one on ones. He dominated a couple guys. Got us upstairs. Went in and uh, visited with some of the coaches. And uh, uh, Mike Stoops was there, and he remembered Ethan. From, oh, because he's from, an analyst. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Younger camps and even from junior high, because junior high camps he got, you know, the eyeballs of some of the coaches. Right. Um, but then uh, we went in to visit with Saban. And it was kind of like it's like a queue line, and you have a, the waiting line to move into something. Yes. So we're in the hall with another family or something, and then one family comes out, and then we're ready to go in. We go in and sit down, and of course he sits at his desk. Was he at the desk or at the table? He was at his desk. Either way, he had the garage door open or button, and he goes, right, and it shuts the door for him, so he don't have to get up. And he's proud as hell. He shows it to everybody that comes in there. He's got this little. Garage door button that shuts the door for him. Pompous. <laughs> was he really? And and he then just, he did not like. He did not speaking. like the fact that my wife wanted to talk about football, and talk about Ethan. And she he kind of shut her down. And I'm not going to offer. I'm going to keep an eye on him and wish all the best. Wow. So. He looked extremely tired, and he looked like yeah. he was on about his 15th cup of coffee that day. And his 15th or 16th kid in the office. Yeah, he, he, but he, he didn't want me speaking. Weird. Yeah. I've heard things about him in that office that aren't great. Yeah. I've heard about the, uh, the, the button clicking for sure. Mm-hmm. It's um, a, did they eventually it's offer? No. No, no they okay. never did. That's all right. There was, uh, there was oh, a couple yeah. of analysts, I think, that were hot on him. Um, a couple of guys that Coach Publish knows um, from his days at Southern Missouri. But um, – after Arkansas, or after Alabama, we came home. We're home for a week, and then we go back to Arkansas the next weekend. Went to that camp, and that's when he, he had a great camp at Texas, and he kicked some butt really fast. He was quick on drills and stuff. And then when we went to Arkansas camp, he started having fun. Oh, yeah. With some offensive linemen. And that's when I was like, he's, he's got it. it. He's yeah. got it, and he's going to go places. Because he was like, I'm going to go inside on the kid this time. So he faked out and goes in and then rips the kid and – they're just like uh, helpless, backpedaling, yeah. going, I don't know what happened. Right. And he's back there. You want me to pick you up? So, yeah. so all this has happened. Oklahoma has offered you guys to go do your due diligence, go to Arkansas, do these things. It was, was, what was the conversation like in between these things? Like, is it OU all the way the entire time? No. Oh. It, no. It was almost Nebraska. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was the uh, deciding factor between OU and, and Nebraska? Our first love. Yeah. Yeah. She and she and uh, D and Ethan went up to that uh, Nebraska Ohio State game. It was his junior year, right? And that was obviously it was a Something rough game for yeah. Nebraska. But yeah. It was very cool because D's always liked Ohio State too, and uh, I've always respected them. Never been a big fan of them, but I respect them because they're a top tier team. Right. You know? But uh, on the way to that game. I was on the phone, and Ethan's like, I think I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit when we go up there. Because he got along with Scott Frost great. Right. And the position coach, Eric Shenander and a few others. I mean, he was locked in. They were it, – it's kind of like the staff that Venables has put together is what Scott had up there. Right. Scott's problem was the administration in the school. But that's Just a whole not, other story. Yeah, lining up together. Yeah. yeah. And that's per him. So, that, that was a whole other story. But uh, – yeah, Ethan said, I think I want to commit. And I was like, son, don't, not yet, not yet. Just give give it some time because he wasn't 
jiving real well with uh, Coach Tibbs. And it was, I think it was just a culture difference. He didn't understand Ethan, and Ethan didn't understand him very well. And they didn't, they just didn't communicate real well. And this was before Kane came in, so there was no defensive ends coach at the time. It right. was just Thibodeau, you know, trying to recruit for the D-line. So um, I said, just wait. Let's see what happens. You know, and, and he waited. Oh, when they got smoked. It was so bad. Yeah, Ohio State. So oh, yeah. Beat the, beat the dog out of the it, it was raining. Yep. And it was – Oh, it was a bloodbath. They just it was awful to watch. Then we got and the, back in the car, they just didn't they didn't lose well. Yeah. They didn't lose with dignity. And it's one thing to go out there and give it your best and still keep fighting to yeah. the end and executing, knowing that you're doing your best. But right. if you have the choice, do you want to go play where you might win 30% of the games or do you want to go play where you're going to win 90% of the games and have a better chance to move forward? Right. So, so after, you know, that decision about Nebraska had kind of been made before OU ever even offered because we're thinking at this point, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it's not in your stars. So your question was, what were our conversations in between these different colleges? Our questions were, what did you learn from camp? Mm-hmm. What can you take with you? What did you like about the school or the campus? At Texas, God help me, at Texas he said, I liked the brotherhood. And I was like, Ethan, I can't wear that oh, god awful color. <laughs> I can't do it. Don't the do ball. that to me. Yeah. Yeah. orange like, makes me puke. He said, but Mom, Matthew McConaughey, I said, it does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> I got a man. I just, I can't. <laughs> so... His name's Nate McDowns. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, it's always been OU. We're diehard OU fans. We always have been. And that never changed. And when he got that offer and and we knew – we never even got to tour, by the way. We never got to tour No official visits, nothing. COVID really put a cramp in our – in everything. We never got to see campus – we never got to meet any advisors. We never got to talk to academics. Yeah. Never got that experience right. that other students, you know, that the coaches really show them all the best they have to offer. We made that decision based on the fact that we know there's no other place like home. That's amazing. Yeah. So. Very cool. Actually, I say we. The decision was Ethan's. Yeah, he made the decision in the end. We, we're just advisors. So oh, we can I, tell look, you, I believe the good and the bad. You decide. I mean, just the the story in as many places as as you went in, even after Oklahoma's offer. I believe that that mm-hmm. you guys let him have, make that decision, which is at the end of the day, is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see some of these videos of these kids committing, and you know the hat thing, and then the mom just looks irate. You know, that, it like just madder than a hornet. And I can only imagine, like you said, you didn't want to wear that burnt orange, but if you're someone to put that longhorn hat on his head, you would have absolutely had a Texas mom shirt on, I'm sure. You're right. I would have yep. been wearing an yeah. OU shirt under it, but I would have had one on. <laughs> no, that burnt orange isn't touching my skin. Yeah, there's uh, – Hey, we've got a buddy of ours that's been an OS or a, a Texas fan forever, as long as I've known the guy. And we've been friends for 25 years. He came to the OU game, was wearing an OU shirt, and he even threw a horns sure. down. Oh, there that you go. That was a big-time step. Thank you. That was a big step. Shout-out to Smitty. All right, so I've got to ask um, the NIL conversation raging. 
I am an avid defender of NIL for the kids, and it's for the stories that you just told me. Mm-hmm. The thing that we didn't mention is the amount of miles you put in your family car, how much those camps are costing each time you go to them, the yeah. equipment, the gear, everything that goes into that. This is thousands upon thousands. This is, oh, mom and dad need a vacation, but we're not going to take it for the next four years because Ethan is going to go do these things. Yeah. It is a We'll make a vacation out of it. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a commitment for everyone here. NIL is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. It is helping families recoup some of the money that has gone into this stuff. And and if and if if you choose to, to do that, you yeah. know, regardless, I mean, it's the student athletes money. But I know that I play with a bunch of kids that were sending scholarship checks home to their parents. Yeah. $600. Yeah. You're going home each month. They weren't paying their rent. They were sleeping in. I had a buddy sleep in a car for a semester yeah. because he was sending that rent money home to his his family, like I know where these these fan people are coming from, and the stories. Like I'm sure Ethan's mm-hmm. got teammates right now that and there are some like that, yeah, that are from places where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you made it this far, but yeah. you must be an exceptional young man to get here because you didn't have the support system yeah. or the parents or the town of Weatherford or the mm-hmm. town of you know. My, I I had that support system as a kid. Yeah. My parents, my coach, my dad. My parents got divorced when I was 12. So my coach took me to all my camps, oh. you know, for the next two years. Like, mm-hmm. he was as close to me as my actual father was. And so, I mean, I, I get those things. But NIL is – it, it should have been done 20 years ago when you look at the amount of money that's going into college athletics today. But now, let's say Ethan gets his degree and let's say he gets a master's while he's on campus and he leaves Oklahoma, there's a good chance that he's going to have a nest egg put together that he can buy his first home, mm-hmm. he can start his first business, he can become an active member of our community and in a way that is deserving of what he accomplished at Oklahoma and the commitment that he made to the program, yeah. right? That's what it is. And so I, I know there's some negative sides to it and everything else, but I love this for your family. I love it for that kid because he deserves it. He 100% deserves it. Yeah. No, he does. It, it, it's not a gimme. He's working for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and they they brought him on because they knew that he was going to work for it, and he's he will not disappoint them. Yeah. I you know nil can go so many different ways, and I've heard the positives, the negatives, this and that, and and like I said, it can go either way because you'll have a situation where a kid's offered hundreds of thousands of dollars, or he gets a two million dollar beats contract. Yeah, how do you beat? Them? You're just not going to beat something like right. that. But for the average kid that's trying to kick some butt and do good, you know, if they can sell some T-shirts on the side, absolutely. I mean, a podcast, yeah, he, anything. He maybe yeah. made a few thousand dollars total off the T-shirt sales that right. we did multiple times, and they can't get into that stuff unless it's approved through compliance anyway. So that all the contracts are signed and reviewed before they even are allowed to do anything. There's a lot of protections in place, but. Uh, no, I mean, if if we can do something some point down the road and somebody wants to sponsor him with a vehicle or somebody wants to uh, – a guy out of Dallas, uh, the kept clothing line, sends oh, yeah. him some clothes and, uh, you know, has got him some shoes and stuff like that before. Ethan didn't want compensation for that. No, he just, wants, he just wants to wear it because it's – It's a Christian right clothing brand. And yeah, he does that's not, awesome. He doesn't want to be compensated yeah. for representing God. That's awesome. He will yeah. not. He's a, such a good kid. Yeah. Very cool. Well, guys, you nailed this. Oh. I mean, it was uh, – how long do you think that you went? Uh, I already looked. I oh, you know. did. An hour? You were close to an hour, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to be the nervous one, D, and you nailed it. 
Yeah. She talked a lot. You, you were did. fantastic. Oh, Seriously. Well, you were thanks. fantastic. Yeah, Nate, you were mid. I know. <laughs> you were fantastic. I, I, let, I let the diamond shine as oh it should. Yeah, no, you killed it, man. That's exactly what I wanted. And you guys surprised me because your boy is here. Yep. And so we're going to go ahead and hit this uh, stop button. I'm going to talk to Ethan and and uh, kind of get his opinion of some things. I don't think I'm going to go past with him. I'm just going to go all future. Okay. Talk about Venables and talk about this next season and all that good stuff. But you guys nailed it. Thank you so much, Nate and D Downs. You guys were fantastic. Well, thank thanks for, for having us. Hopefully, us. catch up again here in a few uh, years and see yeah. where we're at. Uh, yeah, draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be. We could do yes. draft pod. Yeah. 100%. That'd be fun. Draft. I want to talk about your suit. Like, okay. I, don't, I feel like the dads don't do enough on draft day. I feel like you need to get something Jets. Oh. Decked out, maybe a little velour. I think Something's you're going go to go together. It. You're going to have to. I will absolutely. We can pod while we shop. Yes. Yes, I've got mobile gear. I mean, It'll be great. I mean, okay. I mean, we'll totally do that. We'll do that in a couple of years. <laughs> you guys were fantastic. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, All right. thanks.